the book of Psalm chapter 9. And we praise the Lord today for His goodness to us. God is good, isn't it? God is good. What a wonderful God that we serve. And I praise Him for it. Let's look there in Psalm chapter 9. Look at verse 1 and verse 2. I will praise Thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all Thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in Thee. I will sing praise to Thy name, O Thou Most High. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You, Lord, for Your doing, for Your goodness, for Your love, for Your mercy. Thank You, Father, for this church. And, Lord, for what You have done here. Lord, it is not me. I'm just a servant of You. But for You, what You have done, for Your grace that sustains us from day to day, sustains us for all those six years, Lord. Yes, Lord, there's been discouragements, but there's been great joy and great victories, Lord. And we give honor and praise to you, Lord. You've been so good to us. Thank you, Lord, for sustaining us. Thank you, Lord, for the church family that we have. And I just pray, help us to move forward with a vision, looking to you, the author and finisher of our faith. I pray, Father, for someone here this morning, what a wonderful day for them to open their hearts to you or on social media. May they open their hearts to you this morning, give their lives to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. I encourage you this morning when uh, service is over, uh, don't go, uh, well, if you need to leave, leave, I had to say, but uh, it would be sad if you go to the local restaurant and buy food when we have food for free, you know, so, and it's restaurant food. So, <laughs> so anyway, stay and celebrate with us. Uh, the goodness of the Lord. We have no evening service tonight, but celebrate the goodness of the Lord, what God have done here. That little slideshow is just a little picture of what many, many things that went on here. I Seriously, I had hundreds of pictures because I take pictures all the time. I sent them a bunch of them, and uh, I don't know if they use all of them because it would take a long time, right? It would take a long time to get all the pictures up. But it is a little sweet memory to look back and see what the Lord have done uh, here through you, through me, and continues to do. And I believe uh, we will continue, continue to use us. The, the title of the message this morning is, To God Be the Glory. Amen. To God Be the Glory. Not my glory, is His glory. Uh, Sixth anniversary, it's His glory. It's for the Lord. He's the one who started all this. He's the one who laid on my heart. He's the one who laid on God's people to talk to me about it. He's the one who continued to do it. And He's the one. You continue to build this church. Listen, folks, we're not building the church. God is. God is building the church. We're not building the church. You know what we are? We just are servants of the Lord. And the Lord wants to use us for His honor and glory. You say, well, Pastor, we have empty pews. You know what He wants us to do? To go tell. To go invite others to come. You know, I, I always, always want a church with empty pews. Not all empty pews. But it's always to have room for one more. And have room for one more. That's the way it should be. You say, you know what? Some people say something sometimes. Oh, I can't have somebody in my house because my house is full. Don't have no place to put anybody else. Well, church should be a place. There's always room for one more and one more. So to God be the glory. Look what the psalmist says right here. I praise thee. I think we've been praising the Lord this morning. I praise thee. And look what it says, with my whole heart. Not just a little bit of my heart, the whole thing. And I said, I will show forth 
all thy marvelous works. Folks, God is good. You can say to people, God is good. You know, as people struggle in this world, there's all kinds of addictions, all kinds of headaches, all kinds of things. But you know what? Here's a message that we have. God is good. He's not the man upstairs. He's not the man somewhere unreachable. God is right, right here. God is good. Go to a hospital and tell these people in the hospital beds and say to them, God is good. And he loves you. He says, all thy marvelous works. God's words. God's works are marvelous works. Go to the ocean and look, the, look at the waves crashing in the shore. Look at the seagulls singing as they're flying. Look at the birds in the trees. Look at, look at the trees swinging at the wind. God is good. That's the goodness of God. Look at the rain from time to time. Look up and let the rain hit you in the face. And enjoy in those drops of water. And see how good is our God. God is good. Even in the hot sunny day when it's hot and sticky. God is good. God is good. Look what it says. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name. You know why I love Ahemno? Because most of the songs is giving praise to God. To God be the glory. Say, we, when we see a structure standing up, we have the tendency just to admire the building, especially if it's a good structure. You go, wow, that's beautiful. Good work, whatever designed this thing. Good workmanship. We talk about the details, the beauty of it, and even about its purpose. What is it built for? What about its foundation? Nobody talks about it. That's the least thing people are going to talk about. Oh, that was a good foundation. Nobody talks about foundations. Well, the truth is that mo almost no one really talks about foundations. But the truth is that without a foundation, no structure, no, no matter how beautiful they are, will stand up. It will fall to the ground. I remember I was watching this program several years back. And these people bought this beautiful home, gorgeous home. They took, they took like the cameras through the house and looked at this beautiful home. One problem with the home. Two years after they had moved in, there was a, a development, a new development there. Two, two, uh, two years after they went and the, the doors went open. The windows were sideways. The floors were full of cracks. The house uh, used to make strange noises at night uh, during the day because, because it was loud in the day. Nobody could hear. Cracks in the road and nobody knew or was in that. So when they began to find out, it was built, that whole thing, on a garbage dump. I don't think it's lousy. I don't think you can do that anymore. They, those folks there, they lost everything. And so why everything was sinking? Because where the foundation was built on. On top of garbage dump. Can you imagine? Those people were so discouraged. They lost everything. They invest so much money on that and everything. So the foundation of any structure is what makes that structure stand on. So the foundation of this church was laid September 16, 19, uh, 2016. That was the year on which East Bay Baptist Church was born. And this foundation was laid, folks, on the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the foundation of this church. Since then, we, the church, have been upholding these words 
our preaching, our teaching, all the functions of this church are Bible-based functions. We have done it uh, in the past six years, and we will continue to do as God allows us to do in the future. We preach, we worship, we proclaim the gospel, the word of God here in this place. Folks, anniversaries are good to have and to celebrate, isn't it? It helps us to meditate on the, uh, and to think about what we celebrate. It, it, it causes us to look back and to meditate on the years that went by. So indeed, church ministry is a time for reflection, an occasion for thanksgiving, for God's steadfast and kindness upon us. So as we look back, we should try to learn from our past. Trust God for the present and looking ahead to the future as He leads us. We should not rest and say about, oh, what about the good old times? The good old times are there for memory. But we need to live in the present. That's where we are today. We must stay relevant, vibrant, and, and healthy, uh, active, productive, anticipating and looking always forward, serving Him until He comes. Serving Him until He comes. Look what it says in Philippians 1.10, that ye may, uh, may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. So what we do as a church, we celebrate six years anniversary. We've been around for six years. We were born on one day. We are a living organism moving forward. But I tell you what, we will continue to live on until Jesus comes. In order to do that, we should bound in the following practice. Number one, continue on praying for one another. I shared this in Sunday school this morning. Uh, it says that James 15, 5, 16 says, and pray for one another. A praying church, folks, is a powerful church. A praying church is a powerful church. I do believe that. Pray for me as I pray for you. Pray for each other. You say, but I don't know the person that is in the other pew. I don't know the person that is sitting behind me. Get to know them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Number two, continue to encourage one another. We live in a very discouraging world, don't we? We live in a very discouraging world. How many people are suffering right now? How many people are laying in hospital beds sick? How many people have no hope of tomorrow? How many people are literally dying? We live in a very discouraging world. Encourage one another in the Lord. We need to encourage each other. Number three, continue to support one another. Let's support each other. Let's lift each other up. When a brother is down, put your hand up. Lift him up. Hug him if you have to. Amen. When we encourage, we also give you support. However, support usually shows itself in, in a more concrete ways. But let me tell you, support them, help them, tell them. Look what it says in James 3.15. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food... And one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warm and filled. Notwithstanding, ye give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doeth it profit? It says, if you say, do you see a brother destitute, uh, hurting, hungry, whatever that situation is, and you say, oh, brother, I'm praying for you. You got to go longer than that. You got to do more than that. You got to help that brother. Listen, folks, it goes like this. You today, me tomorrow. You might be suffering today, tomorrow might be me. You see? 
of we pray for one another. I may be crying for you today, you be crying for me tomorrow. That's life. This thing about I don't need anybody, it's just a word thing. Because we need people, don't we? We need each other. We need each other in the church. Folks, do you think I can do all this by myself? I cannot. I praise the Lord for all of you. Those who pray, those who participate, those who work hard. It's, I appreciate all of you. Only God knows about my prayers. Continue to support one another. Number four, continue on being accountable to one another. As a community of believers, we need to be, to be one another's keeper. We must not be our brother's policemen. Don't get me wrong. But we should uh, be there, help them, encourage them, be accountable to them. Number five, continue on serving one another. Continue on serving one another. Look what it says in Galatians 6. Be one another's, uh, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Here we are to serve one another with love. Instead of envy and criticizing one another, we should bear one another's burdens and so doing fulfill the law of Christ. A Christian life is not to be hateful to each other. It's not to be envy against each other. It's to rejoice. Listen, if a brother is crying, cry with him. If a brother is rejoicing, rejoice with him. If the brother has something, rejoice with him. Not to envy each other. That's the book of Corinthians. The Corinthian church, that's what they were doing towards one another. And Paul rebuked them sharply because that's not the Christian life. Folks, church is, not, is more than just go in, sit down, go out. Go in, sit down, go out. That's not church. A church is a living organism. And we are part of the same body. You see, people have a mentality, you know, especially from, I'm not trying to, Mentioned churches, but anyway, a catalysis background. Would you just go? Do you think go out? I came from that background and go home, and that's it. And next Sunday or a month from now, you do the same thing. Oh, no, no, that's not a living organism. A living organism lives, needs to be fed. So, again, get encouraged and move on strong. Continue on serving one another. So, folks, I think this morning we have much to be thankful, don't we? And then much to praise our great Savior for what He has done, He's doing, and will continue to do in the days ahead in the life of this church. That's why when we get to heaven, it's going to be praise, 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 and more praise for all eternity. Isn't that great? We will praise Him and praise Him and praise Him for all eternity. And we will never get tired of it. So get ready, because this is just an exercise here. When do we get there? So get ready. Wow. Can you imagine those saints of all ages there making a joyful sound of praise for all eternity to our great God? We can start here and continue as we move on to eternity. So let's look at this. Well, I already give you a lot of points <laughs> this morning from several points. Let's look at here this. Number one, a time of evaluation. Go to Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Philippians 3.13, a time of evaluation. Anniversaries are good for a time of evaluation. When is somebody's birthday come along, you know, we tend to see, the, oh, wow, I'm not that old already. Look, I used to, and you look at pictures, look, look maybe videos, things are like, wow, that I grew up. And, you, you know, we meditate on those things. But I think a time, anniversary is a time of evaluation. That's why we showed the little slideshow slide so you can see. It's a time of evaluation. Look what it says, brethren, um, Philippians 3.13. 
I come to myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, look what he says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching uh, uh, forward to those things which are, which are before. Now, don't get stuck and uh, forget those things that are behind, because many things behind us we never forget. So don't get stuck on that. That's not what Paul's trying to say here. All right? Paul's saying, right, literally was saying, I served the Lord yesterday, but it was yesterday. I'm serving the Lord today, and I'm planning to serve Him tomorrow. That's pretty much what we're saying here. Not like about, you know, I forget those, because, you know, you know, I have memories when I was five years old. I didn't forget. They're still there. Good memories and bad memories. You know, I have a bad memory of five years old. My, my friend threw a rock and hit me in the head. You know, and, and I still remember that. For whatever reason, I still remember that. It hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Five years old, my mom used to say, how can you remember that? Well, I remember that. So some things we don't forget. But it's not what he's saying here. He's talking about ministry. He's talking about the Lord here. So Paul says here that he, he, not, he did not arrive yet. To me, that's an amazing statement. Paul is an old man now. And if anybody had the right to claim to say, I did it all, was Paul. What Paul did. Mission trips. He went to started missions throughout Asia Minor and all those churches that he planted there. And Paul, in his old age, he keeps saying, "I didn't arrive yet." You say, Pastor, but I am sick. I have health problems. Yes, I said, you know what? The Lord takes you out of this ministry, puts you on this ministry, on this ministry. You know about the ministry of prayer? That is the greatest ministry of all. The ministry of prayer. A time of evaluation. Look what Paul did. He wrote most of the New Testament. He helped spread the Christianity throughout the Roman Empire. He made an incredible impact on the world, on his world. Yet Paul, and yet in the end of his life, says, I don't have altogether yet. I didn't arrive yet. Listen, it's not like, oh, look what I've done in the past. Paul says, forget about that. Well, what are you doing today? You see that? What are you doing today? And what are you, doing to- what are you going to do tomorrow? Folks, God is not the God of yesterday, and he even says, I, I am a, the, the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We understand that. He is the God of today. Today is the day to serve him, not yesterday. Oh, yesterday I served him. Good, you did. What about today? Today is the day to serve him. You know what Paul says? I'm not perfect. I'm still growing. I have much to learn. Listen, folks, the Lord in those six years have done so many great things in this church. The thing that we started in a hotel room, and many, some of the people are even are, are already graduated to heaven, then moved to a storefront, then came here. He saw some of the fixing that was here. You know what? Think about it. a young pastor. We come here. This place was an unbelievable mess. And people go, some of the guys come in here. We come here every night. I mean, Monday, I'm sorry, take it back. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we went to church. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sunday we went to church. We did that for almost two months. And we, go, we never have this. This thing has no end. They were discouraged, beat down. You know what? And what you do? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. We will. And we will get an end to this. And I remember the first day we had our first service here. That was a blessing. Praise the Lord for the ladies in our church that time. They used to come and bring us to dinner and lunch. What a blessing. Everybody participated. Sometimes you need to all have those building things. You know, that's what church gets together and go those things. So that one is good, even though it's hard work. But, you know, we started in a, in, a, in a hotel room. We went from a hotel room to a storefront. We went from a storefront to here. And praise the Lord, you know what? I want to go to here to a, our own place. 
the circumstances on which we moved were not, uh, we're, uh, were not the best ones. I remember one time we were going out cold outside in a hotel room, cold outside, and we bringing everything out, and I dropped the soundboard, ba-boom, right on the ground. And I'm looking, there's like a thousand buttons in there if you know anything about the soundboard. And I'm, half of them, I don't even know where they are. But, you know, yeah, they control the sound in there. And I was like, oh, mine, we just purchased this thing. But, you know, the Lord was gracious, nothing broke. Uh, I, you know, I turned around very carefully, nothing broke. It just fell right out. But, you know, that's the thing about, you know, when you start churches, that these things go like that. And we did it every Sunday and every Wednesday night. Set up everything, take everything down. Set up everything, take everything down. You know, it gets discouraging. It gets tiring after a while. Same work, back and forth, back and forth. So the circumstances were not the greatest, but you know what? The Lord was working. The Lord was working. God has done some wonderful things through this church in the last six years. You see, part of celebration must include evaluation. What God have done? You're here. God brought you here. Praise the Lord for that. But think about the people that came through here. Let's, let's think about, for an example, the ministries, the food pantry. How many people have been through here? The activities that we have, the Pinewood Derby. The next one we, we have uh, many activities we have in the church, how God moved through people. How many people? Piano recital here. How many people come here, heard the gospel? You see, many souls came through here. What a blessing to see those things, how the Lord worked. How many people came here, been here for a little while, served for a little while, moved somewhere else, some graduated to heaven. But you know what? What a blessing to see that, those things. And we here, watching and witnessing those things, we should be thankful to the Lord for those things. To six years, it's been, there have been small fires. We know that. Every church has one. Well, see, people that think that only my church has problems, they're mistaken. Where there is people, there is problems. And there is people, there is fires. All right? So every church has their little fires. You know what? We had our little fires. And you know what? God gave us the power and the grace to overcome them, to put the water holes and extinguish them, and we move on. Some of them were not perfectly done, but it was done by the grace of God. And you know what we do? We learn from them. Isn't that what we do by mistakes? We learn from our mistakes, and we move on. But I tell you what, there have been times of great encouragement. Great encouragement. Been times of intense prayer. Been times of difficulty. All this, it's part of a living organism. Paul looks back and he saw what could, well, uh, what is, he looks back and with a grateful heart, he begins to mention that, that he's still looking forward. Folks, trouble, discouragement, obstacles, doubts, even fears, without any doubt, sometimes part of these six years. Keep in mind that those same things can visit us in the present or in the future as well. And what we do together, with the same mind, we move forward and we deal with it. We must. Be visionaries to what the Lord is going to do in the days ahead in the life of this church. I think it's important that, uh, to remember that we have been uh, so, such a blessing to so many people throughout these six years. Be honest, be honest with you, you've been a blessing to me. All of you. What a great blessing you've been to me. And I, I hope that I've been a blessing to you as well. Have we arrived? No. We didn't arrive yet. We continue to praise and worship our great Savior. We are still growing, and we will continue to grow by the grace of God. Together we can move forward with unity of mind and in spirit. Together we can be a great 
in great use for the Lord and accomplish great things in His place. Will we ever be a church of 300, 400, 500 people? We may we never be. But you know what? Whatever the Lord put us, that's where we have to be content right there, where we are. I had a pastor that said to me one time, we are, said to us, we're in the classroom at, uh, at a college, and he said, listen, he told us purposely, and he said, listen, uh, young preachers, <laughs> he said, he said uh, with his little finger there, you know, he's an older man, listen, you little preachers, you know, God will call you to the countryside, God will call you to this city. God will call you to be a missionary. God will call you to preach about two thousands of people. But whatever the Lord puts you, be content there. Wow. You know what he said? I'm a preacher in the countryside, and my church is very small. But I'm content there. You know what his last name was? God. <laughs> we call him Brother God. You know, Brother McKeever had a sense of humor with that. One day he came in, he said, hey, God is in the house. <laughs> he used to say that we went to chapel and, and he, he's, uh, Brother McKeever leads the music and he goes, and Brother God is coming to preach to us. And of course, everybody's laughing. It's, I said, oh, how in the world he got that last name? <laughs> I don't know, but he did. So, you know, so we see a time of evaluation. Number two, we see a time of elimination. Look what it says there in Philippians. If you go to Philippians 3.13, it says, Brother, I count not myself to be apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before. This is one time, uh, one time to pour about, think about the, uh, as we celebrate the present. I'm sorry. This is not a time, I'm sorry, to pout is the word about the past, but to celebrate the present. Follow that? A, a anniversary, we, not a, a time to look back and pout about our past, what are we can done better. No, this is a time to celebrate the present. We are here. How many graduated to heaven that would love to be here to celebrate? They're not here. So we celebrate this moment, this time, is a time of celebration. So a time of illumination right here. This is not a time to pout, like I said. Paul says these words, forgetting those things which are behind. I mentioned these things a little bit. You know, like we forget those things which we live through. We don't forget those things. But he's talking about ministry. What I did yesterday, it's done. What I'm doing today for the Lord. We have spent time this morning remembering. So why am I not using the scripture? That I'm, I'm using the scripture to talk about Forgetting those things which are behind. While it is important to learn about the past, you, can, you cannot live there. The past is in the past and is gone. It's just a memory. The only thing we can do about it is to learn from our past and move forward to the future. When we have an event, for an example, we had this last event about the, the backpack giveaway. We look at it. It was good. God was good. We had so many people come here. God was good. I see some of you even giving tracts to people. That was a blessing. You know what? We want to do it again. But you know what? We're going to retweet some things. You know what? Because we did in the past, but now we see it, and we can do some other things. That's the blessing of keep on going with those things, learning from what we have done and make it better. It's like having a car. Remember the first car that came out in history? It was a car. You know, you compare a car today to a car that was first, first made out by somebody. Much different. Why? Because they keep tweaking and keep making, keeping building on something that was done way back here. Same thing about us. You know, we look at the past and say we can do better in the future. So let's do better. Let A, we must not dwell in our failures. Don't dwell in our failures. Have we done mistakes as a church? Yeah. 
we can done better. We can done things better, many things. I have failed many times. You know what? When I say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Lord, please forgive me. I didn't do the right way. But we can do. Don't dwell on it. Learn from it. Let's move forward. So past failures is not, is, should not be stumbling blocks, but simply educational tools. Doesn't, don't rehearse things in your heart that God has long since forgiven, and let's move forward. Satan will use that against us. Satan look at your church and say, well, you know, and puts all kinds of thoughts. And we begin, oh, no, get away from me, Satan. I'm serving the living God. There are many things in the past that they're better just to leave it there. If we bring them back and try to relive it, they only have, uh, there will be weapons and wounds that can bring pain to us. So we are to bring a church to the present, live in the present. You know, we can plan for tomorrow, but we can live only today. We as a church have made some mistakes, perhaps. I have made some, uh, uh, I mean, let me say, we have made some mistakes. We did. But as we look at the past, not only we see the mistakes, but we also see the blessings and the goodness of God. Not only past mistakes, but there are blessings back there, aren't it? How many people you witness to the Lord? That's a blessing. It is a blessing. For us to open our mouth and talk about that, that's a blessing. How many people you led to the Lord? That's another blessing. How many songs do you have sing to the Lord? That's another blessing. How many prayers do you have prayed? That's another blessing. You see, how many times you came to church? That's another blessing. How many times you opened your Bible and read? That's another blessing. See, we have many blessings. Let's dwell on the blessings. Because God is good. Think of all the people that have been saved throughout these six years. Think about the financial blessings that we experience. Think about the visitors that passed through the years here. Think about all the events that we made and have made to, to this day. All blessings of the Lord. We can look back and remind ourselves that our Lord indeed is good. He is a good God. Let it be, we must not live in the past. Don't live in the past. Some people say, oh, that good old days. I call it the good old today. The good old today. Today is the day. Listen, I, do I enjoy my day yesterday? Yeah, I had a good day yesterday. Busy. I had a good day yesterday, but today, yesterday was yesterday. Today is the day. I could have been like really upset. You know, I'll tell you why. It's like, you know, I, I, I had a person that's supposed to come to my house to look at my pellet stove. So I purposely ran out of here to meet this guy, to be there, you know, so we could, I could give him a price and fix the thing. One o'clock went by, supposed to be there, two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock, no call, no show. I could have done a bunch of other things, but I am restrained by all. I said, my wife said, why don't you call him? I said, no, 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 that's his business. He should call me because he's the one coming fix. You know what? I can call somebody else. That's bad business. You're not going to see my business anymore. But see, but I could go and make or be upset and mad and like, you know what? God is good. Move forward. You know what I do? Tomorrow call somebody else. <laughs> you know what it is? That's the way you see it. I'm trying to give you an example. Don't, when people say, the good old days. Yeah, I look back in good old days. You know what? We don't live in the good old days. We live in the good old today. You don't live tomorrow. You don't live yesterday. You live today. Today's the day. Oh, I don't like to look at my past. So don't look at your past. You see, we must not live in the past, live today. 
I remember one time, uh, actually a family member of mine said, I remember before you became religious. I don't like that word religious. The way you used to be. And I said, I'm glad you remember because I don't care about it. I live today. Today I'm a child of God. And praise the Lord for his doing. So as, I look at, as we look at this past six years, I can say that God uses people in a great way. I remember when we started in the hotel. As I look back, those days, I, 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 I don't want to go look back there, but I don't want to go live, relive that thing. I don't want to go bring the things back and forth. I don't want to just be dependent on those things. You know what? I want to move to tomorrow, to the future. That involves a lot of labor and encouragement as we move forward. But folks, I don't want to move by myself. I want to move together as a church. If we're going to move forward, we've got to move together as a church. That's what we need to do. As we look at that storefront, where we were for some time, I can see the many blessings that God gave us there. But I don't want to go back there either. I don't want to go there and relive the past because I want to move forward to the future. I believe that God has so many great things to do with His people here in His Bay Baptist Church. That was a season in the life of East Bay Baptist Church. Those two places we're here in a third place right here. I tell you what, God is good. God is good. And I believe that you believe that. We need to move forward. Don't live in the past. Sometimes we try to live in the past because of our insecurity. Like, well, maybe, no, no, no. Move forward. Let's move forward as a church. We need to move forward. Folks, listen, folks. We ought to serve the Lord with great intensity. That we, did in, that we did in the past, but just keep with the intensity, enthusiasm, moving forward. Was it discouragement in the past? Yes. I know Heather's here. Brother Valquette went to heaven. You know how hard it was for me? He was a dear friend. I know he's in a better place. He's rejoicing with the Lord. But do I miss him? Yes! I can mention many others. Robbie just went to be with the Lord. There can be stumbling blocks with discouragement. So, Lord, I'm trying, we're trying to build a church and you're taking the pieces with to heaven. What's going on here? We're moving forward. We're moving forward. Listen, folks, if the Lord takes me, don't give up. Move forward. Move forward. We ought to serve the Lord with intensity of heart, faithfully serving Him each day. Look what it says in Philippians 3. It says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before. Folks, as I look at the past, I see the blessings of God, but I also see the disappointments and discouragement and the fires that needed to be put out. Listen, it is easy for any of us to, to look back at those days and, and pout about it, but no, no. God wants us to look back and rejoice in what He did and what He's continued to do in the present. Like the Apostle Paul, we ought to move forward from, the, from our past mistakes and failures and, and just rejoice and the goodness of the Lord. God is good. God is good. He's been good to us, and He proved Himself over and over to be good. God is good to you. God is good to this church. Today we celebrate our past, but we cannot live in the past. We live in the present. My third point is a time for determination. 
a time, look what it says in Philippians 3.14. I press towards the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know what? Let me put it this way. You know the best job you can have in the world? Do you want me to tell you what it is? You know what the best job you can have in the world? You know the best boss you can work for? Work for God. You know what? It is the best job. I'm serving God. You say, well, it doesn't pay. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. He will never disappoint you. He will never fire you. He will never lay off you. You have a permanent job. You see that? You know, sometimes you go to work with for, oh, am I going to lay it off? Am I going to lose my... You know what? You are in for it. It's a time for determination. God is looking for those who are determined and really to serve Him. That's why He said, I press on. Paul didn't give up. I think Paul was full of life when he lost his life. He just keep on going. You say, Pastor, how long are you going to go? As long as God allows me to. <laughs> I just keep on going. You know? You ain't going to quit. There's no, uh, it's not like, uh, you know, uh, uh, holidays with God and vacations with God. You know, sometimes our body needs a little rest. But I tell you what, does not mean like, God, I'm going to give up on you? No! After Paul met Jesus, you know, I'll tell you what I guess. His intensity, I'm sorry, there's a word. His intensity was the same. The direction was different. Paul, when he changed from an unsaved person to a saved person, he was intense, persecuting the church. But when he got saved, that intensity kept on going. I'll tell you what, folks. You, some of you know me for a little while. I'll tell you, if you pattern yourself after me, God is good. He's a great God. It pays to serve Jesus. It's an excitement to serve Jesus. I'll tell you what, you know what? They're like, well, you know, I go to church. Now let me tell you, serve Him with determination. You say, well, I'm the only one. So be the only one. You're not the only one. But anyway, if you think that way, be the only one. Serve Him with determination. Love the Lord. Look at the Apostle Paul. When he was lost, he had, he had great determination to bring to the end of the church of Jesus Christ. He was persecuting the church. But when he got saved, his determination changed. He became a soldier of the cross, and he tried to fulfill the high calling that is, re that is required by God to all believers. You see, Paul, Paul's goal uh, and great uh, determination after his salvation was, was to fulfill the high calling of God to his personal life. What is God's calling for you? What is the high, the, uh, the high calling of God for you personally? You, mean, you want me to tell you? You want the answer? Here it goes. To be more like Jesus. It's in the Bible. He wants you to be more like Jesus every day. Keep on growing in the Lord. That's why church is important. That's why the Bible is important. Because it's going to transform your mind, your thinking. It's going to transform your life. The things that you used to do, you stop doing it. You're going to have victory of all, many sins. And you say, how in the world did I do that? The power of the Word of God. It will take you out of those things. Folks, I, I testify to you through the years. I've been saved for many years now. And I tell you what, I've seen drunkards give up on the alcohol. I've seen drug addicts give up on the drugs because of only the power of God. 
So, he might not be called to be an apostle, and you're not, because they're all gone. But, we, but he gives every single one of us a purpose for living. He calls each one of us to do different things, to fulfill different ministries. But God gave us something to do. God doesn't save you and leave you by the wayside. God wants you to, with determination, to serve Him. Serve Him. Why? He wants you to be pr productive. He wants you to, to grow in your Christian life. He puts you on a local church so that you can serve Him. In order to... Listen, folks. The church is not like what God can do for me. is what you can do for the Lord. You come here to worship Him. You know, as somebody said was the president. Now, what your country can do for you, what we can do for your country, right? Folks, this is, the, this is your time to serve the Lord this time. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, today. This is the time to serve the Lord with intensity of heart. The Bible gives us numerous examples of people of the different ages who serve the Lord with great determination. My question is to you, do you serve God with determination of heart? Kindly, lovingly, serving Him each day. Don't you know you serve God by serving people? You do. Letter A, a time to serve. A time to serve. Look what it says in Acts uh, 20, 19, almost done. Serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell uh, me by the lion of weight of the Jews. Not slot, uh, uh, Romans 12, 9, uh, 11 says, Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. So this is a time to serve. Listen, folks, you were born for such a time as this. This is your time. You know why? God wants you to serve Him. With gratitude of heart. Serve the Lord. You know what we do in the local church? We serve the, serve the Lord. You know why we have announcements? We have announcements so that you can participate. Be part of it. Invite people. Go out of your way. And do things. Go out of your comfort zone and say, I'm serving my king. You know why? He is your king. So it's a time to serve. This is our time. When, you, when your body lays in the grave, it's no more serving. God wants you to serve. Now let it be a time to witness. Pastor, nobody wants to hear anymore. Are you kidding me? I'm thankful for the person that came to me and told me about Jesus. Somebody will hear. It goes like this. This is the Christian way, all right? All right, the law of the harvest. If you don't understand nothing about harvest, I understand in America, most people think that the, that the legumes and the apples and the, and the things, they grow in a grocery store, all right? They just have this water, you see that? In a grocery store, and, and, and everything grows in there. That's not what it grows. It goes, comes from the farm. All right? That's how it goes. You know what? So is the Christian life. Some tilt the ground. Some plant the seed. Some water the seed. Some pick up the weeds. And some harvest. But God gets the glory. You see? It's a time to witness. In any age. The message of salvation is the same. never changes. God wants you and me to tell others so they can go where you're going, to heaven. You see, that's where we are as a church, a Bible-believing church. You know what? Without the forgiveness of sin, there's no heaven for anyone. You've got to ask God to forgive you. But also, we go and tell others about the great salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. Be a lighthouse for the Lord. So a time to witness. Now is the time to witness. Let us see. A time to be ambassadors. Look at verse 
Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 20 says, Now then, we are ambassadors of Christ, as though God did beseech you by, uh, by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. i tell you what. How many of you have ever been in an embassy? Nobody, nobody ever been in an embassy? I'm the only one. Ah, Lucy been in the embassy. I know, because she came from Brazil. You know what? When I was in Portugal, I had to go get my visa to come to America, and we had to go to the American embassy there. So when you're in the middle of the whole country, there's a little place. You walk in, and it's like you're walking in America right there. You say, well, when I, when I went here in America to the Portuguese embassy, the same thing. It reflects another country. So we walk there, and everything, even the people that spoke English, and I had no clue what they were talking about. So we walk there, it's like culture shock you're talking about. You know, so we have to have a translator. But I tell you what. God wants us to be ambassadors. What is ambassadors? We represent the God of heaven. An embassy represents another country. If you go to, if I go to Portuguese embassy or the French embassy, Italian embassy here in America, that, that, that place is representing another country. We are citizens of heaven. We are ambassadors of the gospel. We represent the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So where are we going? We are ambassadors of the gospel. Let's go and tell them. Let's see. Let people see the difference in us. In your local place of work, you're different. In your home, you're different. your neighborhood, you're different. Because you know what? You're an ambassador of the gospel. That was Paul. Paul wants you and me to be different. Ambassadors of the gospel. Let us be that way as Christians. As representatives of East Bay Baptist Church, let us see a time to be a lighthouse. A time to be a lighthouse. Look what it says in Matthew 5, 14. Be ye the light of the world. A city that is set on the hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it on a bushel, but, a, but on a candlestick, and give a light to all that is in the house. You know why? When I live in Portugal, oh, goodness, in the 70s, you know, wow, I'm dating myself. We had... Candlelight dinner every night because there was no electricity. <laughs> you know, like it's funny when, when somebody talks about candlelight dinner, my mind goes back to those days. Candlelight dinner every night. You know, somebody takes the candle, go to another room, and you're standing in what? Darkness. You're talking about eating fish with bones, you know, like, you know, in Portugal, it's fish with bones. And we were so good at it when the candle went out, we, we, we still could tell where the, you know, where the meat was because there was no light. And we go, can you bring the candle, please? God wants us to be a lighthouse. A city that sits on the hill. Brings light to everyone. So in your workplace, be a lighthouse. In your home, be a lighthouse. In your neighborhood, be a lighthouse. In the church, be a lighthouse. God wants you to be full of light. He says, be the light of the world. May the world see that you are representing the king of kings. You know, it's a great thing if somebody says to you, hey, that guy is a Christian. You should look back and they say, yes, I am. Don't be like, oh, you know, I'm a Christian. There was a lady this week. I never met that woman before. Never seen that woman since. You know, it seems like in my job, you always meet somebody new. You know, we have 6,000 people working in there. You know, this lady has big words right here. And she goes, walking around, Jesus. Oh, like that made my evening. You know, like she was, she was just working at church. Jesus, and she knows I was looking at her, and she smiled. Like she was like about 
100 feet away, she smiled. And I smiled back. I was like, that is good. What a testimony of a lighthouse. So, wow, I won't wear those shirts. Why not? The time to be a lighthouse. Folks, we all are called to be lighthouses. In a world full of darkness of sin, we Christians need to shine our light brighter in order for those who are lost to be guided to the light of salvation. Lighthouses are used to guide, to warn, to encourage, to give hope to people. If you're in a boat in the middle of the ocean and you're lost and you see a lighthouse, it's encouraging. Oh, yeah. If you've ever been in a boat, you would agree with me. I had a friend, a co-worker worked with me. His name is Joe. He said, you know how many times he was a fisherman? He said, how many times I got lost in the water? And that lighthouse, he talks about the Jamestown lighthouse. If you've ever been in Beavertail, the lighthouse there, he said, that lighthouse guided me many times. You find a, a burst of hope when you see that light. Listen, folks, sometimes when you're in the waters and that waves are high, yeah, you think about how fragile you can be and how easy it is to lose your life. So lighthouses are used to guide and to warm. May we continue to be, to be a lighthouse in this church. May this church be a lighthouse for the world. So be a lighthouse in your neighborhood, in your school, in your workplace, in your home, in your church. Be a lighthouse. Let it be a time to create thirst. We're almost done. A time to create thirst. Look what it says in Matthew 5.13. And be ye the salt of the earth. Be ye the salt of the earth. Imagine, grab a spoon of salt and shove it in your mouth. I know some of you is going to do that when you get home. I know you're going to do that. Just be like believe, you know, like if somebody have a toothache and puts a little grain of salt in there, just put the whole spoon in your mouth. You know, in there for, for good measure, grab another one and put two in there. You know, you know, by the way, just put three. You have three spoons of salt and bang, 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 and what's going to happen? A lot of water, too, right? That thirst. You ever had a pizza with pepperoni, and that pepperoni is a little salty? And after like a half an hour, you go, why in the world I'm so thirsty? And you, haven't, you forgot you ate pepperoni? And you drink water and drink water, and you walk, you feel like, blah, blah, blah. You know, you, you know your, your belly is full of water, and you feel like, you know, like, feel like you're going to go out of balance because, you know, that's what it does. You know? Well, the Bible says, we have to be the salt of the earth. What does that mean? Create thirst in people's mouths. Create that thirst that they want keep, keep running to the Lord. You know what happens here? And this is a celebration, I understand. I'll tell you what. Many churches forgot to create thirst in the mouths of people. They're not proclaiming the gospel. You know what they're doing? They're entertaining people. The house of God is be a house where God's word is preached and proclaimed. Folks, in Matthew, he gives that thing about us to be the salt of the earth. Be the salt of the earth. I conclude with this. As we look to the future, I pray that we would have the same determination that those who went before us had. If you look at the Bible, you see many people that had great determination for God. They loved the Lord. You know, we see the three kids in Babylon. They said to the king, 
you can make shish kebab out of us, we will never bother that statue. They were determined. You see, Daniel, he didn't care about the law. He get himself on his knees and he prayed towards Jerusalem. He was determined. You see, Joseph did the same thing. He saw Moses. He said, yeah, he can go on and on many people. You know what? That can be you and it can be me. Determined for God. May we be that church with that mindset. Celebrating God's goodness today. To God be the glory. But let's say, let's put it this way. Lord, I commit my life to you. And I'm going to serve you for the rest of my days. May it be your determination. Listen, folks. That's my determination. I don't know about you, but that's me. Especially when I was dealing with cancer. And believe me, I thought like three months I'd be in the grave. That was my thought. I'm still here. I told the Lord, Lord, it taught me about life and what life is all about, to be honest with you. So, Lord, I, Lord, I will serve you for the rest of my days. I don't know what the Lord is going to take me in the future, but I'm determined to serve him. Die to the things of this world. The things of this world are just passing by. God is forever. I prefer to serve him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for celebrations. Thank you, Lord, for anniversaries, Lord. What a wonderful time and today here to look back six years when this church was born and to continue to go on. Yes, Lord, it's been obstacles. It's been discouragements. But, Lord, you're still on the throne. You're still guiding us and blessing us beyond measure. Lord, help us in the future. Lord, we have empty seats here. And, Lord, it's good to have them. So we can fill them. Father, Lord, I pray for your people. Let's be of the same mind, Lord. Give us the same mind, same goal. Help us to be committed, to be lighthouses, ambassadors of the gospel to a lost world. And I pray, Father, if there's someone here today that never received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, may today they open the doors of their heart and call upon you for salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.